You're listening to The Blind, Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. Join Dell and BJ in conversations about poker theory and bridging the gap between theory and application. We're all in this together. This week's topic, a conversation with the Women's Poker Association. How you doing, BJ? Hey, it's kind of interesting to have you ask me that question first, but the reason why will become evident soon. I'm doing really well. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, and any reason to leave work early to record a podcast is a great reason to have. I do want to give you an update. Sunday, we recorded, and I mentioned that I was playing poker with my father, scheduled for later that day. He and I went to Maryland Live, and he didn't win, but I crushed it, and I won enough to help him rebuy and play longer, and I still came out profitable. I would have loved it had we been able to play longer, but he busted. It's okay. We had a great time. We enjoyed it. We came home, got pizza and wings courtesy of the fellow patrons at Maryland Live. It was a great visit. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I've had a really productive week. You know, I've been doing a lot of stuff around the house, and part of the productive week is that I uh, ordered my pack from the Women's Poker Association for being a purple tie guy. It's all about just basically being a decent human being at the poker table, and I think that it's great. It goes with our topic this week. We have Tara Smith and Lupe Soto with us, and you're about to do their intros. I am. We're quite honored to have them as guests today. Lupe Soto is founder of the Women's Poker Association, serves as president for the organization, and she has a background as a professional therapist and a social services administrator, but is best known in the industry for her involvement in the promotion of women in poker and poker entertainment. Lupe was the 2018 selection for the Women in Poker Hall of Fame. Tara Smith is currently the director of operations for Faded Spade Poker. At Faded Spade, Tara works with nonprofits, small businesses, and corporations that use the Faded Spade virtual poker platform to help them reach their individual goals with philanthropic fundraising, client engagement, employee connectivity, and brand promotion. Tara and Lupe, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how's it going today? Glad to be here. We're glad to have you. Dell's been looking forward to this for literally weeks. So I really have. One of the things that stands out to me that you guys are doing is the Purple Tie Guy program there. And I um, I want to help get the word out about this. I don't think I'm seeing it around poker rooms nearly enough. And honestly, I just think it makes the whole poker community better. So if you guys could talk about that, that that'd be really great. Absolutely. It's kind of like when you go to a football game and you have the team you're rooting for and you walk in the stadium and you see all these people that are wearing that same jersey right? You immediately have a kinship with them. There's a connection there. It's the same thing in the poker room. So when you walk in and you see somebody that's wearing a purple tie guy patch or a WPA patch or a raise it up pen, you know that those are allies. You know that everybody has the same view in poker and they just want this experience to be elevated for everybody. Well, first of all, I'm really excited. I did see that you had ordered your patch and that is for me the beginnings of what we really want every guy to do. And the Purple Tie Guy program is something that for many, many, many years, men would come to our events, not necessarily all just uh, WPA events, but women's events in general. And they say, you know, I really support women in poker. And I would love to have a way to be able to tell people that that's, that's who I am. And we could never really come up with 
something that was specific for the guys. And it wasn't until recently, and the Women's Poker Association, our color is purple. And if you look at something that's symbolic for men, I mean, a, a tie is very male dominant, right? If you see a tie, you know it's for a guy 90% of the time. So it was natural for us to marry the two concepts and have the purple tie guy. And what it is, is a snapshot in a poker room. When you see a guy wearing a purple tie guy pack, it tells everyone in that poker room that you're a man who supports women in poker and you believe in the things that will create the environment to make it friendly and respectful and fun for everyone to play. And that's what we want. We want the guys to be recognized for standing up and we want everyone to understand that those principles are the things that we all need in our industry in order for us to be able to move forward and to welcome new players. Yeah, I, I'm really happy. I'm looking forward to my patch showing up. I'm going to go get myself a nice little hat, put it on. The thing that is important to me is just stop the abusive behavior at, at poker tables towards anybody. I mean, I've also said this, you know, my, my desire to get more women to play poker isn't completely pure and altruistic. I want more women playing poker because I want more people playing poker because I think that benefits me, you know, as a semi-pro poker player. I want more people playing. That makes the game grow. That makes more opportunities to make money. But as a human being, I just want the world to be a better place. And that includes in our poker rooms. Yes, we do. And that was really the strongest mission you know, of course, we want to elevate and educate and empower women who want to enter into this game and to, you know, keep them in a in an environment that is sustainable for continuing to play lifelong. But if we look at the challenges that are evident in the industry, we have to look at abuse in poker. And that is why we decided as an organization that our very first initiative would be around facing that challenge. We created the Raise It Up program. And the Raise It Up program is a message to the world that we need to raise the funds, we need to raise the respect if we expect to raise the numbers of people who want to play the game. And so the Raise It Up program is a zero tolerance of abuse initiative for everyone to adopt, not just operators, but the, anybody who's involved in poker, the players, the employees, the businesses that work with our industry. Because if we look at how abuse affects our game, it is like a virus. It, it is completely unacceptable and it can be eradicated. So our, our COVID vaccine for this <laughs> is raise it up. It's like everybody take a moment and recognize that when we talk down to another player or we let our emotions get away with us when we're playing the game, it doesn't just affect that one person that you're targeting. It affects the other 10 players and the dealer who's sitting at the table with you. Yeah, I I, I think you're very right. I think that it, it's interesting that you chose the word virus there because I, I agree with you. Because like if one person behaves inappropriately and nobody says anything then what happens is you've got two people behaving inappropriately and then three and i think that it's very much like a viral infection in the sense that if you let it go you're just going to spread it 
I find it's interesting that there's a double standard between the way that players treat male or, or seemingly male cisgendered bad players and women in the sense that we berate a bad player and other people at the table, I've heard this, other people say, no, no, don't do that. Don't tap the tank. You want them to feel comfortable because you want them to come back if for no other reason than to give us more of their money. Now, ostensibly, they're saying we want more players in the game. Really, they're saying we want more bad players in the game. And really, really, they're saying we're okay with this guy playing more poker. If I wear my purple tie guy patch, what's my stump speech? What should I say? Because I know people are going to ask me about it and they'll be like, what does that mean? What can I say to those players to say, this is what I'm representing? There's two factors here. A purple tie guy is a person, a man who is telling the world that they support women in poker and they believe in our initiatives, which is also to include the Raise It Up program. Any player who wears a Raise It Up hat, which is, is kind of in tandem with a, with a purple tie guy hat, is basically telling the world, look, I won't tolerate any kind of abuse in our game. We're respecting an elevated behavior here. That's one of the reasons we have decided to create a program for operators to certify their poker room. And really what that means is if you're a WPA certified poker room, you have as a number one factor in your room that you have a zero tolerance of abuse policy and that you have committed to create in-service programs for your staff and for rules and regulations and procedures to be in place in that room. So when, in effect, anybody who, if there's an infraction of some sort, that the dealer or a player can turn to the management and that that situation will be handled. So it's a safer place, it's a more fun place, and it's a better place to play. So that's why we're giving them kind of our good housekeeping seal of approval by them being a WPA certified room. So if you walk into a poker room and you see the WPA certification on their wall, you immediately know that they have those measures in place. You don't always know that when you walk into a room. So it's kind of our eyeball approach for that. It also is a directory that we are establishing on the WPA website that will allow players to be able to look it up and see who is really stepping up to be certified and to commit to those policies. If my poker room is not a member or is not certified by WPA, what steps can I take to help push them in that direction? On the WPA.poker website, there is um, membership and there's memberships for women. There's memberships for our purple tie guys and there's memberships for our operators. Under the programs, it says WPA certified poker room. That's all they have to do is put in all their information, our team. We'll reach out to them and have the discussions about those things that we're asking for them. We send them materials. We support them. We understand that we're not in their corporate infrastructure, so we aren't providing them the curriculums for them to teach their team. But every single operator on the planet has an HR. They have in-servicing and training for their staff. So we're just asking for them to take those measures. And once they have done that, they tell us, listen, this is important to us. We feel that we want all of our team to be trained and we'll continue to do in-servicing throughout the year and put those policies in place. 
then once they click that submit and our team has reached out to them and they have agreed to all of those measures, we then will send them their certification. We also send them products and supplemental materials that will help them if they want to order patches for their team, if they want to have business cards that talk about the Raise It Up program, posters, banners, all kinds of stuff. We'll give them those supplemental materials. And then we will promote them on our site by saying, you know, this is a certified poker room. I believe that once a player enters into a certified poker room, and if there's an infraction of some sort, and they come to us and say, hey, you know, this happened to me, blah, 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 and it wasn't dealt with properly while they were there, that gives them an opportunity to come to us and we can actually reach out to them and say, listen, there's players saying that this took place, perhaps you might want to investigate that. So it's just an added measure to an already existing system. I think that's great. Thank you. Thank you for that. I have not gone into my local poker room and seen that WPA certification. I'm going to look for it. And I would love to, I got to say, again, to Dell's point, not being entirely altruistic, when I order and receive both my Raise It Up pin and my Purple Tie Guy patch, I want to put them on my blind stealing the blinds hoodie. You know, cross promotion, why not, right? I fully expect to get those questions and I want to be prepared to have the answers at the ready. So I really appreciate you sharing with me what that stump speech could be and how my local poker room could participate. That's great. One of the things that I think about when we're at the table and how we can behave better when I think about it, as a man, I have made the mistake of thinking I was being helpful. We talked earlier about talking down to people at the table. And i give an example. A, a woman was playing against me. She had never played in a casino before. She basically raised her hand. I re-raised her. She called. Ended up, she had aces. And I was trying to be nice. I thought I was trying to be nice. You know, I said, you know, that's really not the best way to play that hand. But the reality is, is that when I look back on it, and I understand now a little better that she was gracious about it, but that can be taken really as insulting, though I think I'm a smarter person. She got all my chips, so I really shouldn't have had much to say, right? It may not have been the best way, in my opinion, but she got all the chips. And I think that every man that behaves in that manner is doing it intentionally. They honestly think they're trying to be helpful. I honestly thought I was trying to be helpful. And in the end, I wasn't helping her any. It's not like I was her poker coach. And I think that I don't need to open my mouth about that going forward unless somebody asks me for my help. And I'm wondering if there's anything like that that you can share any antidotes on about there would be a better way to go about it other than just shutting up and, and minding your own business. Oh, okay. I just have to say, I just have to say something. Yeah. And I'm sure you've heard the term, but we call it mansplaining. That's when men want to teach us something that they think we don't know. <laughs> right. But I think the problem with that terminology, and, and I'm big on language. First of all, I would have done the same thing if it had been BJ playing those aces. What I said didn't have anything to do with the fact that it was a woman playing those aces. I would have said the same thing to BJ if it had been his first time in a casino and he was playing against me and he played those aces that way. 
I mean, I think we all have thoughts on that. I feel like that's two separate things, right? Because raise it up is really intentional in the fact that if somebody is verbally assaulting somebody, if, if someone is physically assaulting somebody, if somebody is purposeful in their actions with disrespectfulness, then I think that there's there's that line. But when you're talking about somebody that's genuinely trying to help somebody, you don't really know how they're going to receive your information, right? So I don't think that that can factor into the Raise It Up program where that strictly is for abuse, whether it be verbally, whether it be physically. And I don't think that by you offering a helping hand is abuse. And all of a sudden I've got my yard guys at the front door. I'm muting. Dell, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I'm messing with you, okay? Number one. <laughs> and, and, number, and number two is that you're absolutely right. It has nothing to do with gender. But um, the time to learn poker is when somebody asks. It's never our position to turn around and tell somebody what to do, how to do anything, unless they turn and say, hey, did I play that right? Then you can share your information. Other than that, I think you just say nice hand or I lost that one and I'm gone, you know? <laughs> and number three, no free coaching at the table. Everyone says that. Come on, Dell, that's a mental game issue. That's not a behavioral issue or you wanting to teach someone something. That's a mental game. No coaching at the table, dude. Well, yeah, I think that, I think that first of all, absolutely right. I've said it before. If you're not being paid to coach them, don't, you don't need to educate the fish, okay? Fair enough. I'm bringing this up because I have two people that are guests that I feel can basically speak to this, what I'm trying to say. I don't think of what I said as being abuse. I think of what I said as it wasn't really helpful. It didn't help that person want to play poker more. And when I look back on it, I was saying it because I want her to be successful at poker, just like I would say it to BJ because I want him to be successful at poker. And I will give little tidbits of free coaching to people when they're new because I, I want them to come back. Am I going to give them the whole farm? No. You know, the thing is, I was when we were talking with June Corvo a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how to help when trans individuals are facing abuse at the table. Well, here's the thing. In June's case, if I say anything, all I'm doing is taking her power away. And I said that I'm taking her power away and I don't want to take her power away. But then there's people who are not June Corvos of the world. They aren't that strong figure that can stand up for themselves. And I asked. What can be done in that situation? Well, that's basically what I'm doing now. Because if I tell that new person, hey, that's not really the way to play your hand. It'd be better if you'd done blah, blah, blah. I want to know how I can get those people to be more comfortable playing poker. And I know that that didn't help. That didn't work. So moving forward, I still want to be able to help that new person to poker, help them be more comfortable at the table, help them not get crushed so fast that they never come back. But I want to do it in a manner that, I'm sorry, I'm rambling on. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> No, it's okay. I just had a quick thought about that. Here's something. I feel like whether we're asking questions by our betting choices during a game or whether we're asking a question to a player, you could probably achieve your goal here, which is you wanted to help a little bit. You felt compelled to help this person, right? And you just don't know if it was received well. So maybe a suggestion would be is what if we ask them a question? What if you say, hey, next time we have a break, I'd love to know why you thought to play the hand that way. I'd love to just know your thought process on that. So you would have the ability to ask them why they did that. And then you would be able to kind of give your two cents, which, 
you know, might kind of help them make different choices for another opportunity. You might learn something as well too. That's kind of how I've approached it over the years, just because I don't want anyone to ever think that I'm telling them that they played something poorly, or I was maybe criticizing their play when in all actuality, all you wanted to do is just generally help somebody. So I would say, ask the question to get the answer. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, it's silly that that seems like such an easy thing to think about. And I and I haven't really thought about it till this day. So I appreciate that, you know, and I know going forward that I'm going to look at it very differently. I think that we had talked earlier about that people who are older have a harder time adjusting to this. And for myself, I'm 51. So I fall into older, I think. I wouldn't say I'm old yet, but I'm definitely older. And the thing is that I know that we have some listeners that are older. And what I'll say about that is, yeah, I understand it. It's harder to adjust when you're older, but it doesn't mean it's not possible. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't be working on it. And, and that's where I'm at. I'm not going to pretend I'm where I need to be. I have my moments where I can feel chauvinism welling up in me and I can feel, uh, I hate the term toxic masculinity, but I guess that's what I'll call it. So the thing is, is when that happens, is to learn not to act down on it, not to behave on it, and to rewire the brain to a different thinking by behavior, by appropriate behavior. So that's what I'm going through right now. You know, at 51, I'm trying to rewire my brain to be in a growth mindset and to always be working on being a better human being. I want to be better today than I was yesterday. I want to be better tomorrow than I am today. I mean, I can tell just in this short interaction with you guys that Dell is a genuine person, right? So I don't think that there would ever be offense taken. I just think that maybe if we kind of tweak the way that we kind of present the information and maybe we put it in the form of a question versus a statement, then I think you get to accomplish all your goals. Listen, I just want to get you off the hook for a second here because it is not specific to men. I have been ripped up, torn up, spit out by women. Our message in the Raise It Up program has to do with everyone. It is anyone who's in our industry, whether you are an operator or if you're a player, you know, we want you to elevate yourself to make sure that everybody has a good experience. I know Dell pretty well, and I know he had the best of intentions. I know that Dell is seeking this advice of how to best handle that situation completely regardless of gender or sex. The fact that we're asking these questions and having these conversations makes it almost elevated by its nature to the point where we're treating all of this on equal footing. Now, the point of Raise It Up and the Purple Tie Guy is that, to be honest, it's not always on equal footing or at the same elevated level. And that's where we want it to be. So the fact that the four of us are having this conversation is almost illustrative of the reality we want to achieve. And the fact is, we're not all there yet. Yeah, very true. I mean, the topic comes up the way it comes up because you guys are part of the Women's Poker Association and we happen to be men and that's the way it comes up. But the reality is, as you're right, it, the behavior is everybody. And here we don't really try to say it's any specific group of people. It needs to be an inclusive environment and it needs to be a safe environment if it's going to continue to grow. So with all that being said, do you guys have anything else you want to share on what's going on? with the Women's Poker Association. I think maybe one of the things that we want to touch on is what we do for women. We want to educate and empower women of all levels, all skills. We want to make sure that we have a place for anyone who has an interest in our game. And 
we have some relationships and where we're able to create those avenues. For example, we work with Poker Power. Poker Power's initiative is to teach a million women how to play poker. And they target the very young. So we're talking high school, college, women. And they are the educational arm of our organization because we don't want to create any wheels. We just want to partner and collaborate with anybody who's doing a really good job at it. And Poker Power is, they sit on our board, you know, so they're very an integral part of who we are. And so through them, and, and I want to just give them a couple of props. They're a very new organization. They've only been around a couple of years. And the reason that they are so significant in the industry already is because of their leadership. There was a woman, her name is Jenny Just. She is a very successful woman in her own right in the financial industry. And I always tease her. I always say, you got more money than God. And it's because she developed some sort of algorithms or something that the financial community uses and she has the meat. So in any way, uh, Jenny went to go play poker with a group of gals and could not believe the comparison from the skills that you need in poker to the skills you need in life. And because of that, she said, every woman needs this because they need to know how to negotiate, how to calculate things. They had to do critical thinking and have snap decisions that are positive and all these really good things that we learn in poker. And so um, they have been able to, uh, to really take that in a good direction. And they've even got a college approved poker class for master's students. Hey, we can finally learn how to play poker, BJ. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we're really excited about that collaboration. So Poker Power is a big part of it. The other thing that we do is we like to recognize and celebrate an achievement for any woman who's achieving anything, whether it is her very first time she's played a live game in a casino and she wound up being, even though she didn't cash, she wound up making it halfway through the field. For her, that's huge. No matter how small or how large the success is, we want to celebrate it. So we actually have a program where we offer any operator who has a women-specific tournament, for example, a ladies' event of this or, or whatever, we will provide them with final table gifts and a trophy for the winner for just a celebration. We are not a poker tour at all. Women's Poker Association is just like if you were a CPA and you belong to the CPA's association, or if you're a bowler and you belong to the Bowler's Association, that's it. We're just an organization that unifies and creates a voice for women in our industry. But we celebrate and support any operator who does ladies' events. That's where some people find some confusion as to who we are. The events that we produce are educational or they're in support of an operator who's doing something or maybe a party or a conference. We do those kinds of things, but we are not a poker tour at all. That, that's awesome. And one of the things that I have a question about that, you, you said they've created a class for master's students. Is there anything else you're doing? Is there like free coaching out there that for specifically for women that we can link to in our show notes? Okay, so Poker Power, that's their initiative. That's all they do. And it's, it's online. So anybody at any part of the world can join in Poker Power. It's free to learn. They've developed a software where they are able to conduct classes. They do the teachings, all that kind of thing to get people to the next level. 
as far as WPA goes, it has not been initiated yet, but the plan is to be able to take the concept of what is happening with poker power in the live sense. And we want to offer this to operators and say, listen, we know that in a casino setting, not a poker room, but in a casino setting, you're going to have a whole lot of women who don't play poker in your casino. We would like to offer them an ABC course, just a little one hour thing inside your poker room, give them a tour, you know, of, of the poker room. And this is, this is where you go and you sign up for the game. This is where you go to buy your chips. That is a, uh, an introductory course that we're going to offer these rooms that we work with. So all of those things combined are opportunities for women to learn the game. We also encourage, and we're, we're reaching out to not just people who are operators in the, in the casino end of things that I call that a more mid-level experience, but we're reaching out to pub leagues. If you look at the amount of women who play the game, you know, online gaming is the most significant percentage of women who play. And that's really because they could play from their rooms and their houses, and they don't have to leave anywhere. They could still watch their kids, take care of the household, whatever it is that they do and be able to play. Well, in the United States, of course, with the online gaming being such a challenge, it is not as prevalent anymore, but it used to be really large. But we still find that 25% of players online are women, which is pretty pretty high percentage considering in the live gaming, it's so much less. But where it's huge, and it is almost 50%, is in pub leagues, bar leagues where people are learning to play and they're playing socially and they're not playing for money. They're going and entertaining themselves. So that is our, our, our latest branch to reach out to because that's where the women are. And we want to take them from their, their living rooms into a bar league. They're not necessarily, the restaurants or whatever, the entertainment kind of it. And then from there um, into perhaps a casino experience and then introduce them to all, all that game has to offer. I, I want to add to that really quick. I think that what you're doing just by having a platform and inviting us to be able to be here is huge. Our voice in the industry as women players is a very small slice of a, a very small piece of the pie. <laughs> it's like, here's the pie piece. And we have even a smaller sliver of that pie piece. It is exciting to us when we have people who are doing podcasts, people who are, are putting on tournaments, people who are running organizations, people who are like in the Tournament Directors Association, and they invited us to come speak. Those are opportunities that we embrace every single time. And as we know better, we're going to do better. And I think that that same goes for any player. You know, if they learn that what they're doing at the table is not acceptable or they're, what they're doing at the table could be done better, I think that, that as human beings, we want to do better in life. Any of those opportunities, we will embrace. And we appreciate you guys just for having us. It's fantastic. Yeah, I was just going to say it's awesome having you here. This has been a great conversation. It's I'm very, very happy. This has been more than I even anticipated it would be. It's been awesome. Go ahead, Tara. Well, my request actually is for Dell and BJ. So anybody that um, wants to be a Purple Tie Guy with a WPA, if you guys would be willing to, we would love it if you would put together a small video just voicing your support so we could share it on all of our social media channels just because we feel like the more that men can see other men are supporting 
you know, with the Purple Tie Guy program. We hope that grows as well. So again, we can have those allies visible in the poker room. So if you guys would be willing to do that, we would absolutely love that. We can always record a video this Sunday uh, about it, about all of it. Uh, but if BJ wants to just keep his golden voice to himself and, and take and hog all the glory, that's okay too. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. We'll wait until you guys get your patches. So Tara and Lupe, it's been great having you on the show. I really enjoyed the conversation. It's been amazing. I'm looking forward to working more closely with your organization as we move forward. If people want more information on how to contact you and get involved, how can they do that? They can go to www.wpa.poker. Every resource and all of our program information is right there. Awesome. Do you have a Twitter, Instagram, things like that? We do everything. We've got Twitter, Instagram, and all of our Facebook handles. Everything is WPA Global, at WPA Global. Yep. We're going to put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. So great. Thank you again. It's been a wonderful conversation, Dell. It's good as always. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And until next week, stick to the plan and may all your variants be positive. This has been The Blind Stealing the Blinds, a podcast by students of the game for students of the game. If you haven't already done so, consider subscribing. And when you're not counting your chips, take a moment to leave the guys a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours. Get yours.